Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us are happy to be in the house today? Amen. You know, look at someone that tell the person you cannot afford not to be happy here. Yeah. You cannot afford to be happy. Praise God. The whole king said, I was happy when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Yes. That's why sometimes I wonder what people are doing when they stay away from coming together. Yeah, you can put on the television in your house and watch some preaching, listen to some wonderful worship, but there's nothing like coming together. All right. Yeah. You see, there's something called the corporate anointing. When we come together, you know, there is something special. The Bible says, God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, mm. I am there in their midst. Amen. How many of us believe God is here? Amen. You know, and I want you to see something from the scriptures today. We will pray in a moment, but I sense in my spirit as, you know, because everywhere I go, I ask God, give me a word. I didn't write any message, but I've been praying and I'm asking God, give me a word. I have come to learn that a word from God, just a word, will make the difference in a man's life. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says he sent his word and his word brought healing and brought deliverance to the people. And that's why every time there is a problem. God saw there was a problem. And then the Bible says, and God said. Yeah. And God said. Mm. And every time God speaks a word, mm. he watches his word to perform. Yes. And as I was sitting here, with the events going on, the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. It may be liberation day for the Netherlands, but this Sunday, God is set to liberate people. Amen. I don't know what God is going to deliver you from today, but I sense in my spirit, Amen. as we open ourselves to God, if you're carrying burdens, you will drop them here. Amen. If you have fears, they will leave you. Amen. If there are things that have chained you, God will set you loose from them. Amen. I hear the word liberation. Amen. And my brother who was leading the worship, when he then said in John, he quoted John 8, 36, he who the Son sets free, mm. is free indeed. I, I declare today a yeah. day of freedom. Amen. Freedom from whatever has haunted you, has chained you, I see God setting somebody free from fear. Amen. I see God bringing healing. To whatever may have been hurting you and the pain you've been carrying in the name of Jesus. Amen. I see God today bringing an end to a captivity Amen. and opening the prison door to someone Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. In fact, today is the end of depression for someone. Amen. I said today is the end of the trouble that has been troubling you. Amen. And it's all by the grace of God. Amen. I welcome you to the fifth month, which is the month of grace. Amen. Because the number five is the number of grace. And I, by the grace of God, 
I see something happening here. Amen. I'd like us to quickly look at the scripture. Can you help me take us to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 17 to 18? 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Father, we thank you for this time and the privilege to stand here to declare your word to your people. Confirm your word in the life of your people Amen. with signs and wonders. Do what only you can do and let all the glory go to you. But let the blessing of this day remain with everyone that is here under the sound of my voice. Amen. Let every man and woman receive what belongs to them. Amen. May no one live here the same way that they came. Amen. But may we live for the better. Amen. May this week be blessed. Amen. May this month answer for us. Amen. May your grace make the difference. Thank you, precious Father. We give you glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now the Lord is that spirit. Yeah. We don't see him, but he's the spirit and he's here. Mm. The Lord is that spirit. Mm. And where the spirit of the Lord is. Yeah. And he's here. Yeah. What will happen? Yeah. There's liberty. It's yeah. liberty. Yeah. Where the spirit of the Lord is, yeah. there is liberty. Mm. And not only liberty, listing every liberation. Listen, imagine the Netherlands had not been liberated. What do you think would happen? Mm. When I read the book of Cory Tembun, mm -hmm. a Dutch lady of a Jewish background, who was one of the people God used to hide many of the Jews that were being persecuted and killed. You know, she tells she tell the story of the time when the Germans overran the Netherlands. And people were living in fear, hiding. You know what lack of freedom does? When fear takes over you and you live in bondage, when worry and anxiety fill your life and your mental world breaks down. When you see people who are under all manners of depression, overwhelmed with all manners of problems, they are free but they are in chain. And there are many people walking free but they are not free, they are in chains. There's nothing like being a free man. Today the nation of the Netherlands is free and that's why because of the freedom she can progress and develop and within the period of the liberation there's been rapid progress. Yeah. And today every one of us who were driving with Farai, who were looking at, I, I live in the UK but I, I thank God I'm a Dutch citizen and I told him, I said, listen, Brexit or no Brexit, I'll never drop my Dutch citizenship. I love this country. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, when I look when I drive, I look, I just said, God, this Netherlands looks close to heaven. <laughs> you know, it's wow. such a beautiful country. No, I love it. It's the landscape, the, the greenery and everything. And I just look at it because I, the UK don't compare at all. It doesn't compare at all. Yeah. You know, when I look at the way they do the engineering, when the roads are looking good, they'll break the road and rebuild it. Yeah. You know, free people can do all those, those things. Yeah. Yeah. But the people in York and bondage can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine the Germans who are still in charge? 
how will this country look like and how will this country be? Even if it is developed, the people will not be. There are people who have lovely homes, but they are not happy. People who have water beds, but they have no sleep. People who have food and they cannot eat. There are people who have money, but they are frustrated. There's something called liberty. A man that enjoys liberty. You are free from anything. You are not worrying about, even when you don't have money, you are a happy man. Oh, come to Africa and see poverty and yet see happy people. Oh my goodness. Here, I see people have everything and many people are depressed. Many people are committing suicide. I say, my goodness. I hear the story of an American man, a businessman who was worth $236 million. But due to some bad investment, the whole investment, he lost so much money that he was left with only $5 million. So when he thought of the loss, he couldn't stand it. He committed suicide. I said, oh my God. Some people are looking for only $5,000 to start their life. And somebody had $5 million left and he committed suicide. I don't know if I make sense to someone. What happened was that it was his money that owned him. He did not own his money. Because his money became his life. And without the money, he had no life. I've seen people without hands, without legs, happy people. Living. See, glad to go on living. Because in their spirit, they are free. And there is liberty. And I see full-blooded people who are tired of life and have given up. Are you there? Today, God will change that story for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He says, but we are with open face beholding. May God open somebody's eyes today. Amen. So you can see what you haven't seen. Yes. So you can know what you haven't known. Oh. That what you know will change what you don't know. Amen. He says, and I change. I see change coming. Amen. Let me look at someone and say, change is coming. Change is coming. He says, and I change into the same image that they can see. And that's why, look at someone and smile at someone and say, don't worry. Your tomorrow will be better than your today. So keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. And look forward to tomorrow. And look forward to tomorrow. But embrace today. But embrace today. Because the change starts now. Because the change starts now. Amen. Amen. This is from the same image. So some pictures will change today. Mm. Are you with me? Amen. Because until you see it. You can't hold it. Mm. Are you with me? Yeah. When you see people are going to build a house, somebody will tell you, this is the house I'm going to build. And so what happened? They will sketch it. Yeah. They have to see it, sketch it. Yeah. And then they can build it. Am I making sense? Yes. Yeah. And so when the building is being built and it's not built, built to pattern, they say, no, that's not it. Yeah. You got to put this this way. Yeah. And this will go that way. But they see a picture. Yeah. Because it is important to see. 
And may God open your eyes to see it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I say, I change into the same image. From glory to glory. Even by the spirit of God. Amen. Today, what you need for your change is to tap into the grace Amen. that is available by the Spirit of God. Amen. We look at a few scriptures. I say a few things. We will pray. And for every case God mentions, God wants to deal with. I want you to be open in your spirit. Don't give room for doubt. Don't give room for unbelief. Those things, they can hinder. The Bible says the same word was preached. To some, it profited them. But to some, it had no impact or effect. The same word. Some, it blessed them. Some, it didn't. I said the difference was, some who had it, they received it. They mixed it with faith. It worked for them. You didn't plan to hear me. I'm just passing by. I don't know when I may ever come by this way again. But God sent me for someone here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a message. I didn't know what I would say. I don't have a note. I was just fully open in my spirit. God give me a word. If, you, if it's for five minutes, I'll say what I would say. I'll sit down. And I was just waiting in my spirit. For a word to drop. For God to say something. I didn't even have scriptures, but he began to show me scriptures and began to give me word. And I believe he wants me to speak to somebody here. Yeah. But you need to open your heart. You need to receive. Today is not the day of unbelief. <coughs> Today is the day of belief. And even if you are an unbeliever, you say, Lord, help me. I believe, help down my unbelief. So that, that which God wants to do with you today, God will do it. Amen. I'd like you to come with me. We look at a few scriptures. Again, just to establish. Because when God is speaking, and this is how I know. The Bible says, the psalmist says, once has God spoken, twice have I heard. He has a way God confirms what he is saying. And again and again. And I believe for somebody, your glory is about to break out. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you come with me to Psalms 84 verse 11? Psalms 84, verse 11. Now, for the Lord God is a son and is a shield. The Lord will give, that is will, and somebody will receive. Yeah. Yeah. Will give what? Grace. And you see, it is necessary that there is grace for glory to manifest. Amen. Oh, right. The two go together. Mm. The Lord will do what? He will give grace and he will give glory. Mm. Now when he gives grace and he gives glory, it goes further to say, for no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No, say with me, no good thing. No. So you cannot have a good thing in your heart that you're saying to God, help me. And that you will say, no. Because one of the things I know is that we serve a good God. Now, why is grace necessary? 
in this month of grace, why is grace necessary for glory to manifest? Grace stands on two legs. And what makes grace is two things. The number one thing, and that's why somebody today, ah, God, will visit you. Amen. The number one thing, the first part of grace, the first leg of grace, is the word mercy. Ah, mercy. Say with me, mercy. Mercy. The Bible tells us consistently that God is merciful. He's a merciful God. You know, those of us who are familiar with some of the gods that are part of our African culture and lexicon, we hear all kinds of gods. And unfortunately, many, when they make the transition, move from maybe one of those gods that they serve to serve the Almighty, they still carry some of the ideas of those gods. Because some of those gods, they are very wicked and they are very dangerous gods. <laughs> if you know the level of sacrifices that they have to be doing to be appeasing the gods when the gods are angry, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes they will tell you you have to bring your only child or bring something and all of that. Thank God. The ultimate sacrifice for our God, that sacrifice has been made. Amen. That we don't make any unnecessary, no, any other sacrifice. Yeah. Through his only, he made the sacrifice. Yes. He offered his only begotten son. Mm. So that whosoever believes in him, guess what? Should not perish, but should what? Have everlasting life. Yeah. And so, this good God, part of his nature, when they introduce it, is that he is a merciful God. Yeah. So that means that and why do we talk about mercy? Mercy is not necessary where you have not fallen short or where you don't come under judgment. Mm. So many of us, some of the situations or circumstances that have caused whatever problems we have, they are a product of either what we did or what we did not do. Mm. That is what you call maybe the sin of commission, what we did, or the sin of omission, what we did not do. That when there is judgment, the judgment is against us. Mm. You know, as a student, if you don't read and all that, you, you fail. Yeah. And, and when you fail, it's because you did not do what you should do. Yeah. Am I speaking to someone? Yeah. <laughs> there are many things that you find that sometimes we wish we could do some things, but we fall short. And then you find some other times it is not for lack of not doing. Sometimes there are things you do that just gets you into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and so life's judgment are passed. People just find themselves. Sometimes it might not be as a result of what you didn't do. But somebody else who is connected to you did not do. That puts you in a place of liability. Yeah. And you find sometimes again life can be harsh. You just find certain things happen you didn't plan for it. Mm. But thank God that God is merciful. Amen. You know, the Bible says that His mercies are new every day. Yes. When we begin to talk about grace, mm. one of the first things we recognize mm. is mercy. Mm. I don't know somebody who, 
is called, who, who desires whatever he's going through, even such a person, God will show mercy. Oh, amen. 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 There's one prayer God never, never rejects. Mm. It is the prayer for mercy. Yeah. When David sinned, this was what he did himself. He planned it. After he committed adultery, and he, he discovered that the woman he slept with was pregnant. And he said, oh, this is going to be a big scandal. What do I do? Because he was the king. He decided he should cover up. And he went and he called the husband of the woman from the battlefield. And when the man came, he now told him, well, you know what? Why don't you go home and go and sleep with your wife? But being a good man that he was, he said, no, king. Thank you for the opportunity, but I, I can't imagine going home, sleeping with my wife, my colleagues, and the battlefield, doing what they were doing. But he kept pressuring the man, go, go. The man said, no, no. And he did not, because he wanted him to go and sleep with the wife so that the thing can cover up. They would say that when she became pregnant, it was because he came from the battlefield and he slept with her. And this man thinks. And he proceeded to arrange that they should kill the man. Yeah. And the man died in the battlefield. And he, he, he thought he was a smart guy. And he proceeded to arrange and say, oh, this is a good man who did not even go to sleep with his wife when he came. And because of that, I'll marry her. Yeah. And was doing as if though he was doing a favor. He thought he was a smart guy. Yeah. But you see, there's nothing we do that God doesn't see us or find us out. Right. He got into trouble. Yeah. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we know many of us know this story. Even with the bad thing he did, and when God was passing judgment, in Psalms 51, he cried out. He said, have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness. According to your tender mercy. He said, blot out my iniquity that's against me. He began to confess and he began to cry. And guess what? God showed him mercy. Yeah. I've seen criminals. I've seen people with terrible cases. No matter how bad. I've seen people who have failed themselves, disappointed. They did terrible things, but God had mercy. Yes. Yeah. You see, when we fail, that's when shame comes. Because why are we talking about grace and connecting it with glory? Great. Glory is the opposite of shame. Mm. Amen. When something that is a shame in your life is lifted, then glory shows. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. If you are poor, for instance, it can be a reason for you to be ashamed. Because if you can't take care of your wife, you can't take care of your children, you are struggling with the bills, or you are begging, you know, it, it's not dignifying. Yeah. It sometimes it reduces you. It doesn't make you to be the person you need to be. But when you are able to overcome that which brings you down, yeah. then your glory begins to manifest. Amen. Am I speaking to someone? Yes. And in, in the case of David, even though he was a king and all of that, it was going to be a huge disgrace. But guess what? God showed him mercy. I don't know what you're going through. But today, one of the cries we cry today is, God, show me mercy. Are you with me? Show me in this moment of grace. I, by my mistakes or what I have done, may deserve what I may be going through. And even if I don't deserve it, I still want you to show me your mercy. Mm. You see, when you, when you cry out to God for mercy, God is a compassionate God. 
He's a loving God. He's a kind God. And he will show mercy. And somebody this month will receive mercy. Amen. The judgment against you will be tempered. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He said, judgment is without mercy to whom poor showed no mercy. Mm. But yet mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes. I see God showing mercy. Amen. Where people have been hard and mean to you, God will cause you to find mercy. Amen. Where life situation has been cruel to you, I pray God will help you to find mercy. Amen. And mercy comes by grace. Amen. Now, the first thing is mercy. Hmm. And for somebody here, you will receive mercy. Amen. But you see, the second leg of grace, because when we talk grace, what are we talking about? The second leg of grace that grace stands on is favor. Mm. Favor. Now I want you to know this. Every man needs favor. Mm. Because some of us, all we know is labor. Labor is good. Mm. And I believe that every man should labor. In fact, where there is grace, there should be labor. Yeah. But let me be honest with you. I have also known and seen in life. The race is not to the sweet. All right. The battle is not to the strong. All right. Bread is not to the wise. Mm. No riches to men of understanding. Mm. But the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. Mm. It says, but time and chance. Chance is favor. Opportunity that God makes to come people's way. He said, happens to all. Mm. I've seen the fastest runner. They just develop an injury. And they've collapsed. And somebody else wins the race. A race they are prepared for for more than a year. You know when people are preparing for Olympics, they don't start in the year of the Olympics. Some start from two, three years because they want to be an Olympic champion. Do you know they can go through all the motion? If anything just goes wrong, all that effort becomes wasted. Ah, I've seen people labor. They have labored. Look, life's accomplishment is not as a result of your activities. There are many activities that have no achievements and there are no accomplishments. I am not saying that people should not labor or work. Don't get me wrong. But upon every level, ah, there must be favor. Are you with me? I'm saying hard work is good. Smart work is good. But favor answers to all these things. When a man is favored, Sometimes, you see, this is what favor does. Favor qualifies the unqualified. Favor somehow creates an aura where people prefer you. Sometimes you cannot understand why. In fact, there are times when you are a favored person, someone will look at you and say, you know, you know, you know you're not qualified. And you know that, you know, this job should not really come to you. I'm sure you know that, eh? He said, but anyway, something just makes me or tells me I should let you have the job so you can have it. I don't know if I make sense to someone. Have you been there before? Have you experienced some things like this? If you haven't, this is your turn. I say it's your turn. I say it's your turn. In the name of Jesus. Favor. Answers 
in a place where you're disqualified, but favor qualifies you. Sometimes people say, how did you get it? How did it happen? He said, to be honest with you, I know I prepared, I know I did all that, but I just, I, I only put just the grace of God. So sometimes when people are talking about the grace of God, they're talking about a favor that came upon them. Mm. Are you with me? Yeah. They're not bragging only about the fact that they studied hard or they did something. Yes, we do all those things, but having done all, it takes God's grace to make the difference. Am I speaking? You see, but when grace answers in a man's life, glory will manifest. Am I speaking to someone? So the question is, how do I get grace? How do I receive this grace? The Bible tells us, grace is something we receive by faith. Grace. We receive grace by faith. Because it's already provided for. And somebody taps into the grace of God. And that grace makes the difference. As I want to begin to round up, I want to take you through the life of a man that enjoyed grace. But also it's a standard for us when we tap into grace. You see, today's Thanksgiving, you'll be celebrating two things and thanking God in advance. You know, the way the people of the world do Thanksgiving, they wait until they receive something and then they say thank you. But the way things are done in heaven, you give thanks to make things manifest. So that means that the things, because you see the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to place God. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And he doesn't only exist, but he is a rewarder. A rewarder of them who do what? Who diligently seek him. And that is in seeking him, they believe him, and they believe the things he says. And by faith, they tap into the things. Yeah. So faith is the main way by which we say, God, if indeed you have provided this thing, then by faith I receive them yeah. for me too. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. I have not enjoyed mercy, but from this day, by the things I've had, I believe you that as I live here, mercy will go with me. Amen. And I receive favor. I don't know what you require favor for. Ah, but you say this favor, this month, because it has been spoken and I've received it. Amen. As I do what I need to do, may your favor answer for me. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want you to see this example. We will end it here. And we will say a prayer. And today's thanksgiving is for mercy and for favor. You are thanking God when you are doing thanksgiving. When you are dancing, you are doing anything. Begin to celebrate God's mercy upon your life. And begin to celebrate yeah. the favor of God that wants up for you. Amen. I want you to see this thing. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. And I want you to come with me all the way to verse, uh, I think, is it 35? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, one moment. First Corinthians chapter 15. Go there. Uh, we're looking at verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10. <coughs> Listen. This was the Apostle Paul. If you read because of time, I can't take you all the way from the beginning. But he started talking about Jesus Christ. And because the Bible says the law came by Moses. And 
the same Bible tells us, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we are able to tap into the grace of God that makes provision for us to enjoy mercy and favor. Am I making sense to someone? And Paul was talking about this Jesus who died, who rose, who revealed himself to many people, and he talked about how he himself came to know this Jesus, had faith in this Jesus, and was able to receive the grace that was made available by this Jesus. And he continues and I read. He said, but by the grace of God. Say with me, by the grace of God. Come on, say it boldly. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. What you will be after now, this moment, you will be by the grace of God. Amen. Say with me, by the grace of God. My release has come. Every form of captivity, by God's grace, this day comes to an end. By God's grace, I receive mercy. By God's grace, I step out into favor. God's grace, with me, speaking in my life, my change has come. You know, Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. I Amen. pray for somebody here. Yes. The grace of God will not be in vain. Amen. Because some people, they waste the grace. They don't tap to the grace and let the grace work for them. Listen, he said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. That means all the apostles and the other people. We know that Paul was the one, the, I could even say the greatest of the apostles of Jesus. He wasn't there when Jesus was there, but he had an encounter with Jesus. And today, the grace you receive is a grace that releases you into greatness. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He says, But I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was upon me. That the grace of God empowers you. The grace of God enables you. Amen. The grace of God causes you to go out in new strength. Amen. Today, every form of depression comes to an end. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever is troubling your heart, I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Amen. As you sing and dance in this place, everybody will be lifted. Amen. Let me tell you what God wants to do. The choir are very instrumental to the next day. It's ministration during the time of Thanksgiving. Please do what you never did before. As I was turning around looking, I was checking to see whether people were really dancing. Because you see why? Your liberation is tied to your celebration. Mm. Yes, and in the celebration, you are celebrating in the presence of God. David, who knew God and knew his ways, said something very profound. He said in Psalms 16, verse 11. Psalms 16, verse 11. He said, Thou will show me 
the path of life. Amen. He said, in your presence. And we are here in his presence. Amen. And where the spirit of God is, there's liberty, so be free. Amen. Are you with me? Begin to exercise your freedom. He said, in your presence, what? There is fullness of joy. I command anything stealing your joy to break loose. Amen. As you begin, even if you don't know how to express joy, begin to practice it now. Am I speaking to someone? Oh, yes. You will live here, you will get home, and you find out that you are a different person. Mm. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Because you are not just doing something. There's a spirit of God that will come upon you as you do what you do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every foul spirit, every stupid spirit, every nonsense spirit telling you nonsense in your brain, they will get out. I'm telling you. Everything making you to look down yourself, feel bad. They have to go. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. You can't come into his presence and live here. Anything different from what God wants you to be. Amen. Listen. You will tell me, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the problems I have. Listen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. The Bible says, He says what? In how many things? In how many things? In how many things, please? So, regardless of what is going on, in everything, in every situation, in every condition, whether the doctor said something stupid, he says, in everything, do what? Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That means that your rejoicing and giving thanks is a will of God. It is a will. It is what God requires. It is what God demands. If that's all you will give him so that he will give you the mercy and the favor, is it too much? Is it too much? You know, the only problem is that the way our God responds to us, many times we don't take him serious. But the gods in Africa, we take them more serious. Because when you go for anything, they say you go and bring cow. And you know the way those gods are, they punish you. They will tell you the cow that you are to bring must not enter a car. You will pull the cow from the marketplace. They will see a professor who pulling cow to take it to a native doctor. Because the gods are insisting that the cow must not be put in a car. You know, sometimes because this gospel that we preach and this God that we serve is so loving and caring, it makes this so easy. We find it too easy. And complicated people complicate things. Just only, just only to dance. Just, but if they tell you now, you must go and do this, you must bring that, you must bring that, you must bring this. They say, okay, I have worked hard for it. It is grace. Tell somebody it's grace. It's grace. As we dance, as we praise, as we worship God. Believe me honestly. I don't mind coming back here and you challenging me. Believe me honestly. Something will change. Amen. The instruction is simple. It is not about you going to bring some offering or some sacrifice. Mm -mm. 
give him the sacrifice of praise. Amen. The Bible says God loves the praises of his people. He inhabits their praises. God loves people to show faith in him. And then he demonstrates himself in, in their life. <coughs> Today, don't be an unbeliever. Today, don't be a doubter. Because you are here, just say, I'll believe. Amen. I believe. I see the goodness of the Lord. David said, except I believe, I would not have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many people are believers here today? I want you to stand up first. Paul said, I'm what I am by the grace of God. We receive the grace of God by faith. We, and the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the word of God. That's why I quoted the scriptures, the word of God. So that you can hear it. And you not believe me, but believe God's word. I am not the one who does anything. In fact, I could stand out of the way. It's just that God did not come himself to tell you himself. But he's speaking through a vessel to speak into your life. How will you know God if you don't taste him? How will you know God if you will not trust him? How will you know God if you will not try him? But when you do these things, even with the, with, 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 with you know, he, like a childlike faith. And then you see God at work. He says something is shifting. Something is changing. Something is happening. This must be God. Is this the way God works? Is it? Then I want to know him more. Then I want to experience him more. I want you to lift up your voice. And I want you to talk to this God that you don't see. He's a spirit. But you are here and say, look, I need to tap into your mercy. Oh God, I want to receive this grace that you give by faith. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open to receive this grace. I'm open. Jesus, make yourself known to me. The way you made yourself known to Paul. That Paul can stand and say, Jesus revealed himself to me. My life changed. My life changed. My life changed. I tapped into God's grace. My story changed. Glory came. And shame left. Oh, this day, let it be. The day that grace ushers me into God's glory. In the name of Jesus. Speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. Lord, have mercy upon me. Have mercy. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me the things I failed to do. Forgive me all the mistakes I've made. Have mercy upon me, O oh God. Lord, have mercy upon me. Show me your mercy. Oh, that I may enjoy your tender kindness. And may, oh God, receive your compassion. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Thank you. Thank you. Show me mercy, O oh God. Show me mercy. Thank you for your mercies that are new every day. For great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, secondly, I don't know what are the things before you. I don't know where you're going. I don't know whether it's your business, whether it's your studies, whether. But I want you to cry out and say, God, I labor, but I don't want my labor to be in vain. Crown my labor with favor. Crown my labor with favor. Oh God, crown my labor with favor. I'm committed to do the things that I need to do. 
but I ask that you will favor me as I commit to do what is required of me to do. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lord, bring me into a season of favor. Oh, the favor that makes a difference. I want you to lift up your voice and begin to talk to God. Oh God, bring me into a season of favor. In the works of my heart, in the thing that I do, that I can see your hand upon me. Oh, your grace speaking in my life. Thank you, precious Father. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.